Hello, hello, and welcome back to Unverified, the podcast helping you redefine success on social media. I'm your host, Coralie Trigger, and if we haven't met yet, hey, it's nice to meet you. I'm an Emmy-winning creator and digital consultant, and I'm here to talk about all things social media and digital marketing with a little twist, and that is I don't care how many followers you have. I don't care at all, and I know that sounds unusual, but hear me out. I don't care how big your audience is because for brands and businesses, social media platforms are tools, just like a swimming pool. Stay with me. (laughs) Swimming is an important part of my life. I grew up racing and it's also an important part of Michael Phelps's life. (laughs) But I guarantee we are swimming very different sets when we hop in the water and we're getting very different things out of it. So that's why I make a conscious effort to turn away from digital vanity numbers in favor of focusing on real life goals that digital strategy can support. That's my style anyway. So let's talk about today's episode. Today's episode is called Social Media Managers Tell All After the Final Two Weeks Notice. And I wouldn't be doing that title justice without bringing in a few guests and some dramatic reality TV show opening music. On today's episode of Unverified, we're getting honest. I may or may not have had maybe like a couple margaritas and accidentally posted to my employer's official account. Reliving things we tried to forget. Oh my God, that totally triggered a repressed memory. I completely forgot about that. And we are not holding back. There's like a special place in hell for the people who buy followers. Wow, Corley with the hot take. We're going to spill all the tea in the most dramatic episode of Unverified yet, right after this. Today's episode of Unverified is being brought to you from the heart of East Nashville at the Russell, a historic church transformed into a -a one-of-a-kind boutique hotel. The Russell's mission is to give back to the Nashville community through their Rooms for Rooms program. They donate a portion of every stay to local organizations that provide a safe haven for those in need in the Nashville community. Visit russellnashville.com to book your experience today. Y'all, we've got a full house today, and I am so excited. First up, my friend Aaron Green is here. We go way back to our college days at our campus TV station, where we produced and ran social for our university's daytime talk show. Shout out to NTTV. He is now a social media manager for nonprofits around the country and a part-time food blogger. I mean, my heart was racing, and I'm like, <laughs> but I'm just doing this for fun. This is like a hobby. Like, why am I like paranoid at this point? I am also so excited to have my new friend, Abby White, here. We met while I was consulting on a project last year, and I'm just so excited to have her in my circle now. She is currently a community and content manager at WW, formerly known as Weight Watchers, and she also has social media experience at Victoria's Secret, Betterment, and Sweetgreen. We were working at Victoria's Secret, and we were working with some influencers. Some of these people, you can just tell their engagement is not real. And last but not least, another dear friend of mine from college is here, Alex Serda. He is the social media director at SMU and has also managed social at Frito-Lay and the Dallas Stars. We met more than 10 years ago when he was the news director at our campus TV station. I see this plaque on the wall. Guinness Book of World Record for the Facebook account to reach a million followers the fastest. They're all fake. Please enjoy this roundtable with Aaron, Abby, and Alex. Aaron's going to kick it off. So I was wondering, what is the most common misconception about your job or a product that you've worked on? Um, I was really curious to see what everyone had to say. Corley, what are your thoughts? I think probably the biggest one that I hear from clients now is, 
like just make it go viral. Like I just want a viral video. <laughs> I want to, I want my post to go viral and it's easy to consume viral content regularly, right? We see videos go viral all the time and it's like, oh great. Yeah, that that's what I want. That please. Yep. I'll take one viral video. <laughs> and the reality is what we're not seeing is the billions of hours of other content that's being uploaded. I think YouTube alone, the last time I checked, they get about seven, almost 750,000 hours of content daily. Just the sheer amount of content that's being uploaded and consumed on a daily basis and how, how staggering those statistics are for the chances of something going viral. Abby, what about you? So I think for me, ever since the beginning that I've been working in social media, uh, I think everyone assumes that social media is easy. Starting an account is easy. You just post photos and with captions and, and there you go and it's done. But when it comes to a business strategy, it's, it's so much more thought than that, especially if you're working for a big business, right? You have copywriters and you have photographers and you have creative directors and all of this kind of mushed into a, a feed and there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, which causes the timeline to be very long, um, the approval process, things along those lines. And then also there's strategy. It's not just posting a photo. It's telling a story that you are either educating your audience, you are you know, informing them in some way, you are inspiring them or entertaining them. And it's not just plopping a photo in the feed. Alex, what is the most common misconception about your job? Uh, well, I think you all touched on all of them uh, at the main one. I think the word just is maybe one of the words that sends the most shivers down my spine because it's just, <laughs> yes. oh, just, just put it out. Just uh-huh. go, just do this. You know, just uh, the, 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 the perceived simplicity of it all. But I guess in addition to everything that was mentioned, okay, great. We did this campaign and it works. Now let's, let's, that we just apply the same thing to the next one. It's like, well, no, <laughs> everything is different now. It's like, well, what do you mean? You, you just spent all this time telling us that it was X, Y, and Z, and that we're doing X, <laughs> Y, and Z. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, but uh, it's a t- different time of the year. It's uh, yep. <laughs> uh, this, this world event and this other country that maybe doesn't necessarily directly have anything to do with us actually does affect us as it relates to this campaign. So this is why it's different. And, uh, those th- those are the ones that kind of tend to bog meetings down when people are just like, what? And it's like, ah, never, never mind. <laughs> I know one strategy fits all is, I mean, it couldn't be more true. Uh, and one of my roles, uh, something that they always said was make big bigger. So if you had a campaign that did really well, it was like copy and paste. Let's do, do the exact same thing, but like for a different product or a different thing or a different time of year. And also you have to take into consideration, like algorithms change, social changes right. every single day. And it's not, it doesn't work the same way every time. Here's where we have to make a sea shanty. Uh, oh no, it's too late. <laughs> Never mind. Forget <laughs> yeah. You didn't approve it fast enough. It's over. Here's a new thing. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. So true. What's your biggest pet peeve about social media? Uh, uh, the platforms, are, I guess, social media itself or how it's used? It's a good one. I think a couple things come to mind. <laughs> First, um, I don't know. The targeted ads have really been driving me super crazy lately. Um 
I like some of the targeted ads and they're really on point, but then I'm getting like, I don't know, these targeted ads and it's for face products or beauty products or whatever. And the results are so unrealistic. So I feel like there's just a lot of untruth out there with some of the advertising. Um, so that's one of my biggest pet peeves because you see a product on Facebook or Instagram and it looks cool, but then you start reading the reviews and you realize, oh, this is like a doctored video of someone's results and it's just um, annoying and also just kind of disheartening in a way. Did you see, Aaron, the, um, gosh, it was somewhere in the UK just passed a new policy that if you were going to post a filtered or doctored image, you had to note that it was doctored, like in the same way that you have to do hashtag ad or hashtag partner I think if it's I, a paid post. I think I did see that. I don't know if the U.S. would ever adopt that, but I'm like, yes, yes, we need that. I don't think we would. (laughs) (laughs) Just being honest, I don't think we're we're there yet. I think we have some other issues to tackle. (laughs) (laughs) I think so, too. It was just a nice like, oh, cool. Like there is it's people are aware of it and in some places (laughs) and making changes. Abby, what's your biggest pet peeve? Well, I feel like I definitely agree with Aaron here. Um, I, I mean, the fake ads, I mean, when I, I see the one that's going around recently has been the, the mask that like sucks in your pores and like makes your skin look so smooth. And I'm like, that's definitely like face tuned, but, um, yep. <laughs> but from, from a like a personal perspective, and this might be triggering for some people, but I really, really hate it when people use song lyrics as their captions <laughs> and it's like so I, it's so cringy to me I don't know I just hate it <laughs> <laughs> I am guilty of that very like circa like college days yeah I think we all were <laughs> but if you're doing it now still uh, I don't know <laughs> I think my biggest pet peeve is people who buy followers and then pretend like the followers that they bought are real people. You're like, it's like the first rule of social media is like not to believe anything on social media. Um, but it, it really, there's like a special place in hell for people. I probably shouldn't say that. No, it's true. <laughs> I was like, wow, Corley with the hot take today. <laughs> I know. Well, and listen, like, and I don't, I don't blame the person, right? Like we've created this ecosystem where having a bunch of followers is this status symbol. But I I feel for the people who've like fall into that trap. Absolutely. A hundred percent. The the special place in hell is reserved for the people who buy a ton of followers and then try to say, I will help you get a ton of followers. Like, look at me. I'm so successful. Let me teach you. And like pulling more people down that rabbit hole, I think is so disingenuous. It's so harmful. It plays into this like faux fame culture. And um, I mean, it's technically, you know, it's not technically allowed on any platform, but there are workarounds for it. And I don't think it's benefiting anybody. I feel the exact same way. It's so frustrating. We were working at Victoria's Secret and we were working with some influencers for, you know, just general marketing tactics. And we would go and look at their engagement rates. And it was 
I mean, just crazy. The amount of likes they got per photo versus the amount of followers they had. And listen, I know industry industry standards changed constantly, but some of these people, you can just tell their engagement is not real or they have a a million followers and they're only getting a thousand likes a photo, which is just... It's just mind-boggling. My favorite is, okay, you bought a bunch of robot comments and likes and followers, and I scroll down, but only 10 people watched the last video you posted in your feed. Like, we need to have a conversation. (laughs) Like, no, this is not worth it. And I've worked with brands who are like, oh my gosh, this influencer reached out. They really like my product. They want to do a trade and I'll look through their feed. And it's like, you absolutely do not want to work with this person. The amount of times I've shielded TV shows and brands from partnering with people who are buying their way um, is astronomical. Not a fan. Okay, guys. So I have another question. What is your biggest fear when it comes to posting on social media for either a client or uh, yourself or for an employer? So many fears. <laughs> so many <I> fears. <laughs> All the fears. <laughs> I know there are so many viewers. I volunteered to go first because this is just the craziest story. Um, okay, go my first fear was realized. Oh no! <laughs> I may or may not have had maybe like a couple margaritas one night <laughs> on a Friday after a long day of work, and I, you know, was having fun. I took a picture and accidentally posted it to my employer's verified very official account. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and I swear to God, my heart stopped. So, uh, you know, I saw it go to the wrong account. Um, only 20 people saw it or something crazy like that. And I ended up being able to take it down. But I think for me, it's really about, you know, accidentally posting something to an employer or client's account and not being able, not realizing it right away. Right. It's like, Oh my gosh, like that's Abby. Who is the, who is that person? And um, you know, <laughs> whoops. Hopefully that doesn't ever happen again. <laughs> did your boss notice? Did anybody in your team notice? So no one noticed, but I did come clean about it the next day because based on, you know, our our software and um how we were doing things on the back end, you could see everything that had been posted, even if it was deleted. Okay. So I was like, I just wanted to let you know, there was this photo of me that was posted, but it was only for a couple of seconds. Um, (laughs) And so they weren't mad. It was totally fine. And it it worked out. Oh, good. I'm glad. (laughs) That's scary. I've done that before too, but like quickly realized and not, I don't think as on, I haven't done it on as big of accounts, but it's still like that heart drop, like, (gasps) oh no. Whatever buzz you were enjoying is immediately gone when your heart stops. It's like, oh, oh my God, absolutely. <laughs> I also had, I, I have a few fears around posting for other people, uh, which is partly why I don't do it anymore. <laughs> um, but one of mine was also realized I was working for um, a celebrity who was doing an interview with Michelle Obama, and I was promoting it on Facebook, and I accidentally tagged the wrong Michelle Obama. It was not great. Not a great moment. I will say though, I tagged, she had two at the time, like two official Facebook accounts. One was associated with the campaign and one was her as a person. And I don't remember, I wasn't told which one to tag. I went with the one that had more of a following and, uh, and they wanted the other one tagged. 
So it turned out to be okay. But I didn't, I didn't know that something was wrong until some, until like my boss came running up and was like, oh my gosh, who did you tag in the Michelle Obama post? And I was like, what? Michelle Obama, what? (laughs) Um, But their team was very nice about it. We just swapped it out and everything was fine. Um, But I did not realize it was the wrong one. Isn't it crazy to think about how big of a deal that was at the time? Like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I had only been working for like a couple of years, maybe at the time it was maybe a couple of years out of college. Maybe I was a year out of college. It was, it felt like life or death. Like I was on edge for the next 48 hours. Yeah. It was so exactly. distressing. So distressing. Think, I mean, it was really just, thank goodness. It was just like an internal kind of scramble, you know, like nobody in the comments said anything and nobody was upset. It was just like, oh, hey, you know, we'd prefer this other one be tagged. Okay. I got it. I can fix that. (laughs) You just got to tell me. So now, so going forward, um, as I started to like grow and eventually, you know, like run digital departments, I would like double and triple confirm uh, the handles of all guests. And I would have producing teams do that for me. Um, so that going forward, just wanted to, uh, manage that as best as possible. Um, so that one stuck with me, <laughs> definitely informed how I manage things going forward. Um, Aaron, what about you? Have you had any of your biggest social media fears realized? Well, um, for my food blog that I have on Instagram, I had a typo in um, a handle. I was trying to uh, tag uh, a restaurant Mm. and I ended up tagging another restaurant in the process. And then I actually had a friend like text me uh, and they were like, hey, I think you tagged the wrong restaurant here. (laughs) And I was like, oh, no, (laughs) this was um, I think a few weeks in. So I was just starting out and I was actually gaining a lot of followers um, on a weekly basis. I was like, oh, no, all these followers. (laughs) I think I'm going to be like so illegitimate and (laughs) no one's going to take me seriously anymore. (laughs) Best way to get partnerships, Um, tag the wrong restaurants. (laughs) I know, but um, I was able to correct it pretty quickly. So I don't think anyone noticed, but uh, still, I'm always now like double checking. For it, sure. <laughs> it almost doesn't matter. I mean, it, listen, if if people notice and it turns into a huge thing, that's a big deal. But in terms of like blood pressure, <laughs> it's stressful regardless oh, of yeah. how many people see it. I mean, my heart was racing and I'm like, <laughs> but I'm just doing this for fun. This is like a hobby. Like, why am I like paranoid at this point? I'm having like all this anxiety over it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's real. That's permanently scarred. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alex, what about you? like little things that can be pretty impactful and which, you know, have kind of led me to double and triple check things as well, whether it's, yeah, an unfortunate typo uh, when setting up ad campaign, making sure that the budget is set for you know, lifetime or accidentally hitting daily instead of lifetime. And all of a sudden you've spent you know, 10 grand in a day or something like that. Oh. Fortunately, that, that <laughs> stuff happens. But, but again, it's just like tiny, like tiny things that can be, you know, especially if you're working with different platforms, the interface is different and you're just kind of like trying to get thinking about a bunch of different things at once. It's just like, yeah, yeah just the fear of, of missing a small but impactful thing. And I think the other big one, too, is spending a ton of time, maybe even money on, you know, uh, like some sort of big engagement play that involves participation and then nobody participates or 
where very few people mm. participate or it just falls flat. Um, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's always, that, that's always like, you know, keeps me, keeps me up. I feel like I've unfortunately had that happen. <laughs> oh no. How did you recover? Honestly, we, we just tried to pivot. Well, that's the one thing about social that's nice, right? It's like, if you can tell that something is, is flopping, you can pivot your strategy to try and recover. And thankfully we did, but at the time it was like, tag somebody that you want to honor. And it was not happening. Um, <laughs> oh, no. so we ended up shifting and pivoting and it turned out to be a great campaign and we were super proud of it, but that does happen. Unverified is supported by Doodle Different, a little book of places to start. With unique drawing prompts and hashtags on each page, Doodle Different is the place where offline creativity meets online community. It's a celebration of imagination. Get your copy or digital download on doodledifferent.com and use the code UNVERIFIED for 15% off. That's UNVERIFIED, like the name of this podcast, for 15% off at doodledifferent.com. Happy doodling! So I'm really curious about you guys because I feel like I've had some seriously unrealistic expectations set against me. And I was just curious about you. Have you had any unrealistic expectations about an account, about a job, about a project? Um, tell us a little bit about it. I think it's just uh, the expectation to duplicate lightning in a bottle when it happens. Um, hey, yeah, it's uh, you know, like like Orly was mentioning earlier. I would like one viral, one, one viral, please. Uh, <laughs> let's more viral, uh, once a week. Um, <laughs> and yeah, uh, I, and I think just the expectation, you know, revolving around the word "just," um, just get me the the metrics. Uh, ju- you know, j- just 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 throw impressions out there. It's like, well, no. <laughs> uh, the expectations that it's just easy to accomplish anything at the drop of a hat. Yeah, this was pre really developed listening tools. I was working for um, a celebrity who, you know, they're their own kind of people and are used to having everything readily available. And they had found out through their PR person that another celebrity had tagged them on Twitter and I didn't flag it. And that was part of my job was to like pitch ideas and let them know like what, uh, just give them ideas for things to, to post on Twitter every day, including people that were talking to them, you know, and directing questions towards them. And I just got reamed, you know, it's like, you should have told, told us that this person was reaching out. Like we had to find out through PR. Why are we finding out externally? Like this should have been flagged. And I mean, my heart just like melted. I mean, I was, I (laughs) felt so it was, I was super young and just absolutely stomach heart. Everything melted was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so terrible at my job. How could I have missed this? Oh my gosh. I like, frantically was pulling up Twitter to see what I had missed. Granted, this is a celebrity that, you know, gets a ton of tags all the time. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it in the tags. I finally go to the, um, the person's account. Not only had they not tagged the person that I was working for, they had hashtagged their name and spelled it wrong. 
just said that. You should have talked anyway. <laughs> I know. I, well, I know. I should have been searching for all these misspellings. So, you know, pre really advanced listening tools and, but, but listening tools were around, right? So I'm like trying to have this conversation with my boss who one doesn't want to approve the use of listening tools, which I'm like, this would be a great opportunity. Like, this is why we, this is why we would use them or like how they could help. Um, but the meeting ended with just the the solution to the problem was I needed to be better. (laughs) <laughs> looking out for things yeah. like, okay, that's kind of, cool. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of tied to like one of my other huge pet peeves of the uh, literally you can catch a million things and bring it to people's attention. It's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Great. Whatever. Who cares? But the one thing that gets by you because you have to sleep or whatever. It's just like, Oh yeah. my God. Are, are, why are we even paying you? It's like, oh, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Yep. What about all these other things that I always catch, you know, 99.9% of the time? No, no, no. <laughs> you, you, should reconsider, you should reconsider your, your career here. You're right. You're right. We should be more like robots and you should give us less support. <laughs> That's the answer. I, I do feel like there is some, there is just like this focus on the negativity. Like the, if there, when, I think social is like a thankless job. It's one of those things where people focus so much on the negatives, like, oh, we missed this, or, oh, we didn't, you know, ride this trend wave when it happened, and now we missed out, and that's your fault for not noticing it, instead of being like, oh, this post is so amazing. You you guys are killing it. Thanks for all that you do. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of, a lot of like, focus on the negativity. Oh, oh definitely. Aaron, what about you? The most unrealistic expectation uh, that I experienced was with a client a few years ago, and we were going to do some Facebook ads for them. You know, very simple, easy Facebook ads, nothing out of the ordinary. But this client wanted to maintain a positive ROI for the entire duration of the ad being live. And we tried so hard to explain, like, you're not going to have a positive ROI, like on day one, you're going to need to give it time and maybe a couple weeks even. Um, And so, you know, eventually things didn't work out and we went our separate ways. But um, yeah, I think that was probably um, one of the most memorable, unrealistic expectations set by a client. We spent a lot of time on the phone (laughs) going over all of this. Um, (laughs) how do you even like begin (laughs) to mitigate that? I mean, how do you like, yeah, what, what were those conversations like? Um, you know, I, it was really more of like a teaching opportunity. There's a lot of educating that was going on and it was, it was a tricky, delicate balance. (laughs) Been there. (laughs) Yeah. I think we all probably have. Um, for me, something similar, not exactly the same. I know ad spends are super interesting and it's, it's hard because they're like, I want this, this, and this. And, um, you know, I think the correlation with paying, like getting conversion, especially if you're working for a brand, like a retail brand and associating your social account with sales to me, it just not, it doesn't make any sense, but, um, I, 
was working for a brand. And when we started the account, they were like, we need to make this account. Um, what, we need to have 1 million followers by the end of the year. <laughs> and I was like, how, I mean, that's not even, it's just not possible. If I knew how to do that, I probably wouldn't be working here because I would have a million followers. <laughs> um, and I, you know, it's just so interesting because I think at, at the time, you know, our account had come a little later in the game and it was a little bit tougher to, to start growth like that. And I think growth is really slowed, especially on Instagram. You know, you have these new platforms like TikTok where you really can go viral overnight, um, mm -hmm. just kind of randomly and you can get the growth and followers pretty quickly. But with Instagram and a lot of the older, like more traditional social medias that we're used to, um, it's just been, if you're even 1% growth, like month over month is a huge deal. Um, so I, I think I wish people would understand that growth isn't, isn't like that. And like from a norm, like a typical standpoint, um, Coralie, I know you feel this way. It's not about going viral. It's about mm -hmm. having a strategy to really engage and, um, provide almost a service for your followers and your audience. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh my gosh, that totally triggered a repressed memory. Uh, <laughs> oh no, please share. I, I I just started with with one of my employers, and I see this plaque on the wall. It says Guinness Book of World Record for the Facebook account to reach a million followers the fastest. Um, oh no. <laughs> And I was like, what, what's the story with this? And she's like, oh, this was just part of the, this farm bill promotion that we had. And we just like bought a, bought a bunch of followers and got a million dollars. And it's just like, mm -hmm. oh, okay. So this account that I'm has over a million followers. And every time I put something out, the engagement is terribly low. And now I'm being told like, hey, what, why aren't people, we've got all these followers. How come no one's engaging with this? I'm like, well, because they're all fake. <laughs> you you have the evidence on your wall as a trophy. Uh, I, I, I'm there's there's no there's no path to success here with the way that you're you're defining it. It was and I, I guess I completely completely forgot about that until now. Until you mentioned a million followers. Did they? How? What did that conversation look like? Were you able to say like because they're robots? They're like okay, well, figure it out. <laughs> uh, but but. but uh, but, but you don't get a budget. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> it was, it was, it, it was pretty odd, but it, and, and like, this is just like a huge, you know, corporation that, um, was more interested at the time in you know, the, the, the PR aspect of it, right? Like, like mm -hmm. let's, we're more interested in, in the awareness or the, um, the, everything that comes from, the Guinness holding the Guinness book of world record or whatever. Um, then we are about the subsequent, like having a strategy as having this account be, you know, a strategic tool for us or whatever. I know we're, we're running out of time. So I want it, but I want to squeeze in this last question because I know we got some crazy stories. What is the most unethical or just like borderline shady thing you've been asked to do? for either a client or an employer. I know we've kind of, we've, we've already talked about like buying followers and, and some other stuff, but what else y'all got going on? 
nothing unethical, obviously. I think, you know, when you are working for large companies that they, they've got to stick to their guns and, and be good. But I also do think we've done a few things where it's not necessarily the best thing to do. Um, it's not illegal by any means. And I think people just don't necessarily know that it's happening behind the scenes. And, and what that was, was in order to start one of the accounts I was working for, we actually reclaimed an account that already had tens of thousands of followers on it. So you can actually, oh, there's so many brands that do this. They either, or influencers too, they buy like old accounts and put their name on it. And then all of a sudden you're following this new person. You had no idea how, but you're interested in their content because maybe it's similar, um, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that is one thing that we did for uh, one of the, the companies I worked for. And it was just interesting because like I said, I didn't know you could do it. And um, I don't think a lot of people out there know that you can do that. Um, you can purchase old accounts that have real followers, not even bots. So um didn't love knowing that or finding that out, but uh, you would like to think that everyone's out there playing the game in a very fair way. But, and you know, that's just kind of the nature of things. Accounts that have real followers and that are verified too. Right. Yep. Yeah. Shady. I think I do have an unethical thing. It wasn't something that I had to do, but I was around it. Um, I was consulting with an agency that claimed to actually, you know what? I don't even know if they, I don't know if they claimed to create content, but they were managing people's accounts and their way of finding what to post was just mining Pinterest and they would crop out watermarks from creators who had uploaded there and wouldn't give credit. It just like hurts my heart when companies will, especially larger for-profit companies will just pull art and photographs um, and illustrations from creators who have grown their account in a fair way. Um, Reposting someone's work without permission is bad. If you're going to do it and not credit them, that's worse. If you're going to do it and not credit them and cut out their watermark, that's like it's just another level. I just, I feel like I'm just picturing this like Dante's Inferno situation for like all the terrible ways that you can steal somebody's content. Um, and especially it's like, and, and then to like, to steal it without their permission, not give credit, cut out their watermark and then like filter it or something. It's like, Oh my gosh, stop, stop, stop. That's not yours to take. It's not yours to take to help you make more money. Um, I, there was one time actually, uh, outside of that, uh, outside of that agency, I had a client that wanted to repost something from Reddit and I was like, okay, cool. Let me like find who, you know, took the picture, what it was like a cute animal picture or something. I don't remember. Um, and I said, okay, well, here's their, here's like the Reddit, the Redditor's handle, Um, And they were like, well, we don't, I don't want to amplify them. Like, let's just give Reddit credit. It's like, but Reddit didn't take the picture. It was like, just post it on Reddit. And so they ended up saying, okay, we'll just, we'll post the image with my caption and put via Reddit at the bottom. And 
now at this point in my career, I would have said, no, thank you. <laughs> and I would have walked away. I would have lost, I would lose a client over that now. But at the time it was so early in my career that I was like, okay, I guess this is what you're telling, you know, I was like, this is what my boss is telling me to do is to take somebody's image and not give them credit for it. Um, I was like, okay, I guess this is what I'm going to do. Um, and I still feel guilty about it. I think it's a terrible practice and I think it happens a lot more than people realize. Oh yeah. It's definitely, uh, I, I guess it might still be, but it definitely used to be super prevalent in the sports, the sports world for sure. Um, and even like big accounts like ESPN or like Bleacher Report is notorious for this. Like they would, they would take screenshots and post that, and that would blow up. Like they're, hoping to stay and they wouldn't, they wouldn't tag the person there. And their fallback is like, well, you know, we, oh, okay, yeah, maybe we cropped their name out. Okay, but at least this other screenshot, we left their name in there. It's like, well, we'll tag their account or quote tweet them or whatever, you know. But yeah, that was, it was horrible. It happened, it would happen all the time. Aaron, what about you? So I was in this situation, I guess, <laughs> where we had posted something for a client and they started getting just some negative feedback overall, um, not even about the post. It was more about the brand itself. Um, and it was it could be a legitimate, considered legitimate criticism, right? Um, and so instead of just addressing it, they decided to just delete the whole post. And I thought, wow, that's like a missed opportunity to acknowledge the person, I guess, who made that comment, right? Mm -hmm. But also just like readdressing or changing the narrative or correcting it really um, and kind of setting the record straight. And so I feel like that was just a really weird, like extreme instead of just like, you didn't have to go delete the whole post. <laughs> yeah. You could have maybe just like addressed it. I feel like we see that that's way more common nowadays than maybe it was like previously. Um, I don't know. It's always kind of been in the back of my mind. It's like, okay, great. So we're going to do this post for you, but you may delete it if you don't like a comment. Well, also, first of all, yes, that conversation is going to happen whether you want to be a part of it or not. So so to your point, just engage with it and deal with it because right. what's worse is somebody writes a controversial comment, takes a screenshot, then you pull it down and then they I post the screenshot and they're like, what are you avoiding? Like, why stop deleting my posts? And then it becomes a thing. Such a learning opportunity too. I think, you know, people that, that provides diversity and thought, right. And, mm -hmm. uh, opinions and things like that, they may have pointed something out that you didn't know about or didn't realize uh, because you're so engrossed in the brand. I know that's definitely been the case for me for a couple of different companies that I've worked for where they posted something and I'm like, oh, I didn't know. Like, I didn't even realize that, you know, thank you for sharing. And, you know, maybe I might not be the one who's responding to that person, but I am reading the comments, right. And making sure that that's something that we flag yeah. um, as that we can learn from in the future. It also makes me think about like, I don't know, I was, I was just thinking about from a personal perspective and um, when you're thinking about social media personally and how if you don't get enough likes on a photo, then you feel embarrassed and, and delete it. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I, you have to think about that that way too. I, and I'm curious if like even beyond 
negative comments or negative sentiment within the post. Have there ever been times where you guys have been forced to delete a post because it didn't perform well? Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think I have either. I've had situations where, um, guests have come on to talk shows that I've been doing social for and will post like a little clip of their interview. And if they're like, as a personal favor, not a personal favor to me, a personal favor to like the execs, um, if it doesn't perform as well or it's not the guest's favorite moment, I have been asked to post additional clips. Um, or if I like posted something on Facebook, but they really want something on Instagram that wasn't, didn't like make the schedule that day. Um, I have been asked to post additional clips of things for, for people who are hoping for more exposure. Um, but it's not often, huh. not often, but it has happened. That totally triggered more repressed memories. So I didn't realize we're so. <laughs> what you got down there? Yeah. I, I was just like, I was like sponsored posts. And this was, mm, yeah. And 2012 or 2013, like even like before FTC regulations, like where I, the corporate sales guys would come up to me and be like, hey, can you, can you give an extra post to this, uh, to this local florist? I'm like, <laughs> uh, no, oh, no. I, well, we we have to because uh, this ad, this ad didn't run in this other spot, and we got to give them make good. So you know, just 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 put it on Facebook. It's fine. Like 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 it. No one has to see it. You can just kind of like, what do you what do you have scheduled today? You can just like put it at the bottom. I'm like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> like it's it's no. Uh, there is so the list of, of reasons why is way too long to even go through it. But it's like at the very least, you're diluting your own product here, man. Like, it's like, uh, what about the other people that are paying for stuff here? Like, that's just gonna, it's just gonna create this horrible slippery slope. Um, that definitely, definitely happened a lot in the early days, um, working in the sports industry for sure. Well, you guys, I think I, I have another question, but actually I have a lot more questions. <laughs> um, but we are, we're out of time. I think we might need to do this again. I would love to, if you guys are, yeah, of I would love to do that. Yeah, that sounds great. Thanks for having us. And it was so, so great to, to meet people in different industries too. I've been so accustomed to retail. It's nice to hear about food and sports. And uh, with you, Coralie, I know you've done a lot of television and, and uh, celebrities. So, so fun to hear about those industries too. It's all, it all is rooted in the same thing. The answers you guys were giving me, I'm like, oh man, I hadn't thought about this in like 10 years and how horrible that was. <laughs> <laughs> so many shared experiences. I love it. All right. Thank y'all again so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to next time. All right. Thanks for having us. Can't wait. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. As far as keeping in touch with everybody, Alex only exists on burner accounts, but you can keep up with the rest of the panel on Instagram. Abby's handle is at Abigail White. Aaron is at a bite of Dallas and I will make sure to tag them both on unverified's Instagram, which is at unverified pod. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show and hear more, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Also, we'd love to hang out with you on social at unverified pod. Anytime you interact with one of our posts, you're telling the social platform that you like what we're doing and it'll send you more of it. At the same time, it will also widen the reach of the post in general, so more people will have a chance to see it. And we really appreciate that. 
We're booking new guests and I'd love to hear from you. Have a social media question or a digital specialty? Visit unverifiedpod.com and click be on the show. Unverified is produced by Trigger Creative and edited by Matt Fields with special thanks to Zach Knudsen, Morgan McCrory, Gwyn Rogers, and Abby White. Thanks for listening.